Well, good afternoon, good morning, good evening, whatever time of the day it is that you're listening to this program. Welcome to Philadelphia Eagles Talk with Jeff. And we'll add an, an extra good. How about Good Friday to everybody out there uh, as we uh, head into Easter weekend. And welcome back, audience. Hope you didn't run away from me. I know it's been a couple weeks since uh, my last podcast, and uh, that's on me. I've had a lot of things going on here in the, in the world outside of uh, the podcast. A lot of um, a lot of life changing. Well, not a lot of life changing events, but I did have a life changing event. Uh, I decided uh, in my <clears throat> work career, my you know the one that brings in the dollars to. Um, resign from uh, the company I was working with for um, just under 28 years. So as you can imagine, it was a big decision to make. Uh, I'm not going to obviously get into, you know, dig into my my reasons and personal life because you're not going to care about that. But um, suffice to say, that's the reason why I've had a little bit of a hiatus here as I've had to, um, you know, obviously I'm in a um, situation where I'm exploring other opportunities and I uh, obviously you needed to get some some things taken care of uh, when you make a big decision like that in terms of, uh, you know, health insurance and all those kind of fun things. So took me a little bit away from the job. Plus, I do have a little side business um, that I am managing and and um, is my uh, only revenue stream at the time coming in until I do um, uh, know where my next uh, my next uh, what lies ahead, I should say, as far as. Um, employment. Uh, I do have a little side business where I, uh, I've been focusing on getting that, uh, uh, cranked up a little bit more than, than normal now that it, uh, at least temporarily is going to be, uh, um, you know, my only source of, of income. So anyway, um, now that that's out of the way, welcome back to Philadelphia Eagles talk with Jeff. Uh, I apologize for being away for a little bit. Not there, there's been some things that have obviously uh, taken place. We're going to cover those. This is going to be essentially a recap of free agency, and then our next podcast will be um, talking about free agency as we get closer to draft day, and that'll be fun. And I'll have a guest uh, on to to talk about that. May have a couple guests on uh, to talk about that as we approach um, free agency. So we'll definitely spend a lot of time talking about the uh, prospects. Uh, what we believe uh, the Eagles will do, who they targeting, um, things of that nature, uh, and everything draft related. So make sure you tune for that. And, and 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 let me tell you this: if you're listening to this program for the first time and you haven't followed it, please take a moment, whatever platform you're you're listening to this podcast on, and just hit the like or hit the follow, hit the subscribe, and uh, give it a rating. Uh, really, really appreciate that. Uh, and um, and again, apologize for my little bit of uh, 
leave of absence. Um, but uh, I had to get a, quite a few things squared away there. And uh, so we're back. I'm back and you're back. Appreciate you listening as always. Let me give the plug for the um, email address for the show. That is P-E-T-W-G at gmail.com. Uh, give us um, your feedback, thoughts. Um, if you have any questions to ask Eagles related, um, that's where you want to send it to. So again, the email address for to email the show is p e t w g at gmail.com. All right, so let's dive into the recap completely of the now free agency, which is pretty much you know over with. Um, of course, there's still some free agents out there that Eagles could sign between now and then, as we know how how he's always working at uh, all the way up until. I mean, when did they pick up C.J. Johnson? It was it was just before training camp last year. So um, that was via trade, not necessarily um, free agency. But um, my point is that how he could still be making some moves. But for the most part, I think now the Eagles have probably shifted their focus to the draft. And um, so let's um, – and then some of these I touched on in my last uh, podcast. You know, we talked about Greedy Williams, the Eagles bringing him in there at cornerback, gives us some cornerback depth. Um and uh, along with Nicholas Morrow, the linebacker uh, from the Bears, uh, who, you know, we're extremely thin at the linebacker position. All we have right now as a starter, and I use that word loosely because, you know, even the Kobe Dean uh, didn't get, I think he only had like about 30 snaps at linebacker the entire season last year. So, but he is um, penciled in uh, to start next year. I would imagine it's it's the Kobe's time. Um, so, uh, now you bring in a, a vet like Morrow, who had over 100 tackles last year to help solidify the linebacking core. And I'm sure they're probably not done at the linebacker position um, before, tra- before camp opens. We'll talk about some other potential um, there. Uh, and we, I don't think, uh, oh, I touched on Justin Evans was the other guy uh, at the last podcast that was um, that the Eagles brought in and signed. Uh, via free agency from the Saints, Justin Evans, the uh, another safety. So, um, so they brought in a safety. They brought in Greedy Williams at corner and Nicholas Morrow uh, uh, at the time of our last, the last podcast, the Philadelphia Eagles talk with Jeff. So, who have they brought in since? Well, let's go through it. This is not in any certain order, but we'll start with Rashad Penny. Now we knew the Eagles, and you guys know about. My thoughts on Miles Sanders. I wish him well in Carolina. Um, I know the Carolina Panthers have got themselves one heck of a running back, and I wish Miles well, and it's, it sucks he's not an Eagle any longer, but we kind of saw the writing on the wall, and I, I thought that, you know, even if the Eagles – I think if the Eagles wanted to keep him, they could have still signed him. He didn't sign any crazy contract. He got about $5 million a year with uh, Carolina. and But we know the Eagles don't spend any money at the, at the running back position. They, they haven't since LaShawn McCoy, and he only signed, like, that one big contract, and then they end up, you know, Chip Kelly ended up trading him. Um, but outside of that, they never have really paid that position. Uh, that's just that's just the way that the Eagles run things, and you can't necessarily argue with it because it's been a um, it's been a, a successful strategy. Um, but it just sucks seeing a guy in his prime now in, in Miles Sanders um, coming off his biggest year as an Eagle – and um, and then he's he's gone. And uh, I know there's there's some Miles Sanders detractors out there in Eagles fan base, but there's also a lot of people like myself, a lot of fans out there like myself who love Miles Sanders. Um, so it's a tough um, 
it's tough to let him go. Um, but he's gone. So I'm not going to much like, uh, anyone that we lose in free agency. He's no longer an Eagle. I'm not going to spend a lot of time in a program talking about him, but I do wish Miles Sanders well, and I think he'll do well in Carolina. So good luck to him. And, uh, thank you for everything. Miles, uh, here in Philadelphia. Um, so enter Rashad Penny from the Seattle Seahawks. Penny's a guy who has been an impressive back. There's no way around it. Uh, he's, he's, whenever he's been on the field, he's been very productive. He's even got more yards per higher yards per carry than Miles Sanders. They're very close, but he's, I think he's even like a couple of notches above. They both average over five yards per carry in their career. I think Miles is like at 5.1 and uh, 5.2 and, and Penny's around like 5.6 or seven or something like that. Whatever the case may be. Um, Rashad Penny is one of those, how he, you know, deals where he's out there and he brings in a guy who's a um, low risk, high reward type player. And that truly defines what Rashad Penny brings to the table. His deal with the Eagles is $600,000. And there's some you know incentives in there that he can get him over a million. I mean, that is about a cheap bargain rate for a guy with his abilities you could find. So kudos to Howie. Um, Rashad will join the backfield of uh, obviously Gainwell and Scott. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm cool with those three, you know, I mean, obviously we got to make sure and hope that uh, Penny stays healthy, but he's not going to be coming in here to be a 20, you know, 20 carry back. Even Miles Sanders only did that a few times in his Eagles career. Uh, which, you know, was, you know, as you know, a source of aggravation and frustration for me. I I think that Miles can be a 20 carry back and and Carolina may use him that way. So we'll see what happens. But, um, but Penny, you know, he's like 10, 10 carry a game back, you know, and uh, he'll be splitting time and carries with, uh, with Gainwell who came on during the playoffs last year, played very well. Uh, we were kind of waiting for that all season from, from Gainwell, but Sanders was playing so well, you know, he didn't get on the field too much. And then when he did, he didn't really do much, but uh, certainly in the playoffs, uh, Gainwell played really well. And, and obviously Boston Scott, bringing him back. We know what Boston could do. He's obviously he's uh, a versatile back and can carry the ball when needed. Uh, he's the giant killer, as we love to say. And they started giving him uh, punt returns last year, finally, or cookoff returns rather. Um, so, you know, I don't know why it took him so long to do that, but um, but he, you know, he can can play on special teams. So he's back as well. And then, of course, like I mentioned the last podcast, a lot of Eagle fans out there are all cranked up, thinking that the Eagles are going to take John Robinson, the talented running back at Texas at the tenth pick or around the tenth pick. I still don't see it happening. Um, I have not crossed that bridge where I can even kind of envision it. Um, but I will say that there's, you know, I have come a little bit over to the point where it's a possibility. I wouldn't rule it out as maybe I was during a couple weeks ago during my last podcast where I was basically saying there's no chance in the world that they would do it. I think there's a very small chance. I'd probably put a less than 5% chance. So still, I don't see it happening that the Eagles would take a running back that high, um, especially where with all the quarterbacks, even though there's nobody really good quarterbacks out there, 
Um, but you know, the quarterbacks every year go top five and there, you know, there could be two or three that go. And uh, if the Eagles, you want to hope that it's the third, that there's three quarterbacks that go in, you know, within the top 10, uh, because that means that there's some of the talent that the Eagles would be targeting that are going to be more likely to fall to 10. And uh, so we'll get into that a little bit later. I don't want to get, like I said, I'm not going to dive into the draft uh, today, but um, the point is that, uh, you know, as far as the running back position, you know, Bajan Robinson being an Eagle, I definitely want to count on it for those of you out there who are excited about him being an Eagle. I would temper my expectations there as I've been trying to tell you for the uh, last few podcasts. Um, but, uh, you know, I would, I would say there's a remote chance that they would potentially or could potentially take him, but uh, I want to be, uh, I want to be counting on it by any stretch. They are far more likely to go in a different direction. All right. Some of the other free agents that they brought in since my last podcast, uh, Marcus Mariota. Uh, so the Eagles obviously losing Gardner Minshew had a gaping hole at backup quarterback and they brought in uh, Marcus Mariota. Um, now I'm not a huge Mariota fan. I, I don't think he's all that good. Um, but you can see the reasoning why the Eagles would bring in a guy like him because he is, can run, you know, the Eagles are going to be able to run a similar offense when he's in the game versus when they had Gardner Minshew in there, who's not that mobile of a quarterback. They would be able to run the same plays or not really have to differentiate from their game plan if Hertz was to miss some plays and Marietta had to come in. Um, so I could see where that aligns and it makes sense, but I don't think Marietta's all that good of a quarterback. Now, maybe he'll, maybe he's more for cut out to be a backup versus a starter. I definitely think that's the case. I don't think he's a starter in the NFL. Um, and maybe he can come in and give spot starts if and when needed. Or, or replace Hurts if he needs a, a breathe, you know, if he gets banged up in a game. Uh, and the Eagles won't um, won't have to defer off of their uh, original game plan. So, again, from that angle, it makes sense to bring in a guy like Mariota. Um, I'm, I still think that the Eagles um, are going to need to find a, a, a decent backup. Um, and I think their plan will probably be, if it's not this year in the draft, it'll be next year in the draft when they have a lot more picks to draft a, uh, a quarterback. I know they have Ian Book still on the books, no pun intended, but, um, you know, he's such an unknown. Not many people know about, you know, what he's capable of, uh, of and I don't know a lot about Ian Book either. And, um, you know, the guy they got from the Saints when he was released last year and they signed him to the uh, to the practice squad. But, you know, he's, he's in the fold. But uh, anyway, Marcus Mariota, um, Chip Kelly's guy, Remember the hot rumors that Chip Kelly was going to draft him uh, the year that the uh, first year that he was a coach and bring him over to the Eagles from Oregon. Um, thankfully, that didn't happen. But um, anyway, he is now uh, Jalen Hurts' backup quarterback. The Eagles also signed Terrell Edmonds, the uh, former first-round pick of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, a lot of Eagle fans were just, you know, hyping this guy. Like, oh, my God, the Eagles you know, basically stole this guy from the Steelers. He's a first-round pick, and he's young. He's, you know, it's only his fourth year. And let me tell you something. I'm going to ask you all to pump the brakes because I have a couple very good uh, Steeler fans, friends of mine. And uh, it is a consensus. Well, I can't say it's a consensus. It's not like I've 
polled every Steeler fan. But the ones that I've talked to and my close friends are big Steeler fans. And so when they when I found out about the news that they got this guy from the Steelers, I went to them and asked them, what are their thoughts on him? What can they tell me about him? I didn't know much about him at all. And they basically said he's super overrated. He's a huge bust. He um, he misses assignments. He's gets burnt in a passing game. And uh, they let's just say that they weren't drying their eyes when they found out that the uh, that he was no longer going to be a Steeler. So pump your brakes on this guy, Eagle fans. Um, it could be a system thing. Maybe he can come into the Eagle system and and play better and just be more inclined to and position better in a defense that he's going to be in the Eagles. So I wouldn't like, I'm not going to try to say he's going to come here and be a complete waste. I mean, he was a former first round pick, so he's got to have some ability and talent, but the Steelers are not, at least from the fans that I've talked to are, are basically like good riddance. <laughs> so, you know, uh, like I said, they're not, they are not missing him at all. And uh, I guess we, as Eagle fans, we got to hope that this guy turns into a player and the Steelers do end up missing him. So um, so we'll see what he can uh, bring to the table. Um, and then um, I feel like I'm missing a guy. Uh, we talked about Penny. Oh, we got uh, Contavious Street, which is the defensive tackle. We, we, I tell you what, Howie loves to pluck the Saints organization. Um, that is like a trend over the last few years between CJ and some of the other guys. I mean, even was going as far back as Boston Scott and, um, you know, even going back even further to, to, to Jenkins. Um, it just seems to be almost like a pipeline to Howie is these Saints guys. But they've all worked out. So, you know, I mean, Justin Evans is another guy, right? Um, talked about in the last podcast. Um, you got Justin Evans, former Buccaneer and Saint that, uh, that Howie's brought in safety position. Well, enter another one now, Contavious Street, defensive tackle, young guy. He was injured um, early on in his career. He's, he was actually drafted by the Raiders. Um, he's, you know, he's not a guy that's flashy where he, you know, gets a lot of sacks and, and, and all that, but he, he's a guy that gets good push up the middle. And I listened to his interview, and he's a smart guy. He just Sometimes you can just tell guys that have a really good head on their shoulders. And uh, the fact that he was kind of banged up and had a ma- you know major injury early in his career, and he's had to kind of recover from that. This could be a guy, that, you know, and how he seems to find these type of guys, um, where kind of under the radar because of an early injury or 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 maybe you know hidden in their own systems, and he plucks them out of there, especially with the Saints. I mean, I can't think of a bad Saint pickup yet from Howie. Every single one that he's brought over from the Saints, again Jenkins. C.J. Gardner-Johnson, Boston Scott. He's hit on all three of those guys. So, you know, now you got Justin Evans and, and uh, Gatavia Street. See if hopefully the streak will continue. But in listening to Street, uh, I like his attitude. I, I like the player, you know, in just terms of, pers- you know, his personality, uh, his football IQ. I've never seen him play in the field, so I can't tell you how, you know, if I much about his athletic ability, uh, I probably should have looked at a little bit of tape before I hit the record on this podcast. But uh, I just um, I like what I've heard him say, I guess, is, and, and he seems like he's a smart player. Um, so 
hopefully how he found a couple more gems in Evans and, and Street uh, to help this team out. I mean, they have a big gaping hole with a loss of Hargrave um, in free agency. So, um, you know, they need somebody else to, to, you know, provide depth at that position. And we got the draft coming up too. So it'll be interesting to see what, how he may do in the draft. But anyway, bottom line is what I heard from Catavia Street, um, I really liked. So all in all, you know, the Eagles lost some key players, no doubt. You mentioned Hargrave, Edmonds at linebacker, uh, White at linebacker. Um, we lose, we almost lost, um, you know, cornerback. And Bradbury, we were able to retain him. But some big holes that they need to plug uh, defense. And I, I have to say, with the limited cap space that Howie had uh, and the names that he's brought in here, again, I'm not too excited about Marietta, but it makes sense. But Street, Greedy Williams especially, I really think that could be a – a huge pickup for the Eagles and depth wise. And if the Eagles, you know, to, to the Eagles got lucky last year with both Bradbury and Slay started every game. They're both entering their thirties. Slay's already in his thirties. You know, the chance of that happening again, probably pretty slim. Hopefully it does, but you know, you want to, now they have a guy like Greedy Williams with the experience, starting experience that they can plug in there. And he provides depth in the event of, uh, you know, maybe a, uh, and, you know, if he has to come in for a few plays or whatnot or certain packages they may run. So that's nice. I like what I've seen from Nicholas Morrow. Um, I think he's a decent pickup. I don't know if he's going to be a, you know, turn into a star stud linebacker, but I think he's, um, he's a guy that makes sense. You know, he had a, over a hundred tackles last year on the bears and anybody who hits over a hundred tackles is, is a decent player. I mean, you can't, you can't hide that. If you get a, over 100 tackles in the NFL, then you're at least a good, a decent to good player. May not be a great player, but you're at least a pretty, pretty good player. Um, so, and he's a fast linebacker. He, he, you know, he's not, we're not going to lose much in terms of speed. He's, he's pretty quick. Um, and, you know, to keep in mind, the Eagles also have Davion Taylor that's still on the team uh, as a practice squad player. He'll be now entering year four. And he was a guy that was always kind of a project that they drafted high in the third round. A lot of a lot of teams thought that was a reach, and the Eagles reached for him. They had him more of like a sixth or seventh round guy. The Eagles did draft him high at the third because of his ability, but he he didn't really play football much. So maybe in his fourth year, he's a guy that can break out. He's still on the team, you know. So I'm and the fact that they've lost two linebackers in free agency now, you'd think that Davion Taylor is going to get another look and. Um, and we'll see. He did show some flashes when he did play. I have to say. I mean, I watched him when he was in there. Um, he has the ability. He just needs the football IQ and, and, and the instincts and all that. Um, so we'll see. You know, that that could be the wild card in, in the picture. Uh, but N'Kobe Dean, his time is now. There's no doubt that uh, the Eagles letting those both of those guys, because you're white and Edmonds go, that it's now Nakobe Dean's team uh, going forward. So, um, you know, the Eagles last year's draft got a steal 
in the Kobe Dean. He's undersized, which is con- always concerning to me at the linebacker position. But instinctually, football IQ and smartness and athletic ability, the Kobe Dean has all of that. So I think the Kobe's going to be fine. I just don't know. I mean, put it this way, other than Henry, Ezekiel, who's not even on the team anymore on Dallas, I mean, I'm sure he's going to end up somewhere. There's not a lot of like big bruising backs anymore in the uh, NFL. Um, or guys you would consider to be power backs. You know, there's there's certainly Henry, and I'm trying to think of some others. Fort Fournette is another one I would I would put in that category, just off the top of my head. But a lot of the backs now are, first of all, there's no they're they're less and less like main backs where they're. They get 25, 30 carries a game. Those days seem to be over. There's, they're more of a hybrid position nowadays where teams use two or three backs, kind of like the Eagles have been doing. Um, and they're mostly the you know guys who can catch the ball out of backfield, and they're not the big bruising backs. So I have a little bit less concern on the Kobe Dean size with the fact that the majority of running backs in the league nowadays are not these big you know bruising Um Derrick Henry type running backs. Um, so I think Dean's going to be fine. And I predicted when they drafted him, you can go back to my draft review from last year. Uh, go back some episodes and you'll see or hear me say that McCoby Dean will be the captain of his defense one day. And uh, he is time to take his big step forward and be the leader on the defenses this year. He's not going to be crowned captain this year already, but I'm I'm just saying within the next two or three years, Nicobe Dean will be captain of this defense. He's that type of player, um, and he's that type of leader. All right, so trying to think. I don't again. I don't want to dig too much into the draft. We're going to have upcoming shows for that. Certainly wanted to put a podcast out there and thank you all for being patient with me while uh, you're probably starting to think because I don't think I've gone two weeks without a podcast in two years. I mean, maybe it happened once. I mean, you guys are usually here for me twice a week, and and uh, at least once a week. And uh, I had a little bit of a little bit of a break in the action. So, um, thanks for coming back. Thanks for listening, as always. Um, so, I will touch base a little bit on the, on the draft prospects, uh, and then again, we're going to have more in depth discussion on the draft uh, coming up. All right, so. The Eagles have the 10th pick and the 30th pick right now in the first round. And we'll only just talk about the the 10th pick area for now. And again, I don't want to dive too deep in it because we're going to have draft episodes coming up. But uh, we already talked about Bajan Robinson and his prospects at the 10 position. I don't think they will take him at 10. I definitely don't. If I was a betting man, I would bet almost my house that the Eagles would not to be taking him at 10. Now, is it possible that they may drop back, make a deal, you know, drop back like to 15 in the, the 15 range around 15, 16 and take him then if he's still there? That would increase the possibility then of that happening. Um, but like I said, for those Eagle fans out there with the hope that uh, John Robinson will be a Eagle, 
uh, I think that you should, uh, if you haven't already, started to look in another direction. The other players that, um, and I'm going to be doing more work, more research on these players, so I can talk more intelligently about them uh, when we get uh, we dive a little deeper in the jock prospects and get closer to the draft and have our guests on. Uh, I'm going to do more research on these players, but you know, there's a lot of talk about Nolan Smith, the defensive end, potentially being there um, uh, out of Georgia. And obviously the Jalen Carter has got a, been a ton of rumors ever since his legal troubles where I think he got into an accident um, and I think somebody was killed in the accident, um, something like that. Uh, I don't I really know all the details of that, but basically he's gotten he's gotten into some legal issues um, that is uh, potentially or is going to drop his um, standing in the draft where he, he may be there at 10 for the Eagles to consider. Um, he's one of the top players in this draft. Um, some people argue that he is the best player in this draft, but, um, you know, so if he's there at 10, I think it's, I think it's very possible because we know the Eagles build in the draft and they build the lines. They are offensive defensive line priority P one. Uh, so I would say this, even with his legal troubles, I would say there's probably about a 75% chance when you compare Jalen Carter versus Bajon Robinson, I would put it at maybe higher than that. I'd probably put 90% chance that they would draft Jalen Carter if they were both there and 10% chance that they would draft Bajon Robinson. Just in case you needed <laughs> some additional uh, insight into why I just don't think it's probable at all they're taking the running back there. So if Jalen Carter's there at 10, I think the Eagles will definitely be considering him. And he did have a visit with Philadelphia much like Bajon Robinson did. And um, so that I think is a, is a, I would put that as a high probability if he's there at 10, that the Eagles would draft him. Some other guys that have been floating around there are the names, uh, Peter uh, Skornoski, the guard out of Northwestern. Eagles have an opening in guard. They lost Salamala to the Steelers. So there's a hole there. Now Jurgens is probably going to be the guy that, that the Eagles going to plug in there until Kelsey retires and then move back to center. And the Eagles do have some depth and other options that they could put at guard. But here's a guy that the Eagles could draft at guard, plug him next to Jurgens next year because I don't know if Kelsey's going to go another year. He's, you know, each year I've heard Kelsey say it comes harder and harder for him to come back. Um, but he has, you know, he's basically on a one year contract going forward. But the bottom line is Kelsey's not going to be here much longer. And you can then put Jurgens at center, let's just say next year, and then plug in Skornowski. And then your line outside of Lane Johnson is set. Your four, your five players are set for the next five to ten years. And they're all young. That That's why I think it's possible. I don't know if they'll take them as high as ten, but maybe they will. To take a guard versus an offensive tackle at the ten top ten, Probably not going to happen. It's probably too high to take a guard unless he's like this dominant beast. And I don't know enough about him to say that he's that level. But I just know he's one guy that's uh, I'm sure the Eagles will be looking at. Another guy that they may make, make sense to trade back. That's how he loves to do if they decide to go that route. Trade back um, some slots. 
pick up some extra picks, and then they draft that guy, maybe at the 16, 17, 18. I, I don't know, depending on how far back they go, if he's still there. Um, and then the cornerbacks, I still think, and I definitely, my target, remember last year, remember the last couple of years, because I've done this podcast now for the last couple of years, so you can actually go back and, and listen to my older podcasts. Last year, I said the best player in a draft and the guy that, that would have been my, uh, my, even though I didn't think it was possible, but I said the best player in the draft last year was Chance Gar- was Gardner, was Sauce. And the guy went out and had a Pro Bowl, all pro year as a rookie for the Jets. That was my wish. If, you know, I always have a guy like, hey, regardless of whether he goes a pick in, if he had the, he was the most talented guy in the draft. I said it was Gardner Johnson. Uh, I said it was uh, Sauce Gardner. And it was. Year before that, who did I say? I said Jamar Chase. And I stick with that. He's still the best. He's, he's the best player that came out of that draft. Um, so, no, I'm not going to say this. I'm going to make a little bit more of a qualifier here because the guy that I want the Eagles to draft, I'm not saying he's the best player in the draft. So it's a little bit different this year. Um, and honestly, I don't know enough to make a call as far as who the best player in this draft is. I will know that by our draft day discussion uh, coming up in a, in a couple weeks on the podcast. So make sure you tune for that. But right now, my number one pick that the I hope the Eagles, if they stay at 10 draft, or the guy that I at least didn't want to have come out of this draft in the first round, as a Philadelphia Eagles, Devin Willerspoon, the cornerback out of Illinois. That's the guy that I want to be in Eagles green. I don't know how high the Eagles are on him, and I know there's a couple other guys that are names that are right around him. There's there's There doesn't seem to be a consensus as to who the number one cornerback is amongst the draft, quote, experts out there. There's three names you keep hearing, Christian Gonzalez out of Oregon, Devin Witherspoon out of Illinois, and Jerry Porter Jr. out of LSU. Those are the three guys, and it seems like each of these draft gurus have their favorites or not. There seems to be a mix. You know, There's no clear-cut number one, and even the order I just listed them is not in the order of you know uh, how I rank them um, or how they're ranked. It's really just a kind of mishmash. I mean... Um, but for me, from what I've seen on film, my my eye test, the guy that I want is Devin Witherspoon. Um, so we'll talk more about that as we as we cover the draft more going forward. Um, but you know, I think the Eagles will definitely. I think they should draft a cornerback with one of their first two round uh, first with one of their two first round picks. They have to draft a corner or safety uh, and start building some youth in the cornerback uh, position on this team. So especially cornerback, even over safety. So I'm hoping that one of those guys, Christian Gonzalez, Devin Williams, or Jerry Porter is drafted by the Eagles. And my, my pick out of those three is Devin Witherspoon. I like his physicality more than anything else and his intensity that he plays with. Um, and this guy, I also think that if he doesn't work out at corner, you can move him to safety. Um, so I like his potential versatility down the road. Um, so I'll do more homework on the draft and prospects. We'll have uh, we'll have some guests on in future episodes to to really dive into the draft more. Guys who know more about the, the draft and watch college football more than I do because I really don't even I don't pay much attention to college football during the season. I'm focused on the NFL. I'm not a big college guy. I watch you know I watch my USC and Syracuse sometimes, but that's it. And that's even then 
you know, I'm a fan of those two teams, but rarely even watch them, their games during the season. I'm just not, I'm doing other things on Saturdays and, and I'm not ever focused on, on, uh, on college football, but I do do my due diligence in, in the month or two heading up to the draft where I can uh, read up on guys or watch some video and kind of get into film and, uh, and look into these players. And then I make my determinations. So uh, I just don't watch them live during the season on, on Saturdays. That's really sums up my, uh, <laughs> my take on, on these uh, prospects and uh, how I evaluate them. But, um, but I've obviously done a pretty damn good job evaluating. Now maybe it's not a reach to say, Hey, two years ago, Jamar Chase was the best player in the draft. And last year, Sauce Gardner was the best player in the draft. But I'm saying that they – I went out and said that they were the best player in the entire draft. Okay? Maybe that's still not a reach. But I'm not saying he's the best wide receiver in Jamar Chase in the draft, which he was. And I wasn't saying that Sauce Gardner was the best cornerback in last year's draft, which he was. I was saying that he was the best player in the entire draft, regardless of position. Jamar Chase two years ago and Sauce Gardner last year. And so far – and I, and Mika Parsons, you want to go back even further. Um, I said he was the best player in the entire draft. Or he was the guy I wanted the Eagles to pick. So, um, as I say that now, now I'm wondering, wasn't him, wasn't he and Jamar Jays in the same draft? <laughs> so I guess I just contradicted myself. Uh, so, um, I guess my point was with Mika Parsons, he was the best defensive player in the draft. I'll just put it that way, um, which he was. So, so even though I don't watch the college during the season, my point is that I do enough due diligence and research and, and tape watching leading up to the draft to kind of get caught up to speed as far as these guys out there. And, and like I said, right now, the guy that really comes off the page for me that I, and it's a need position for the Eagles is, um, Witherspoon, the cornerback out of Illinois. So that's uh, that's where I'm hoping the Eagles are looking. But, you know, there's some other moves out there, you know, defensive line, offensive line. You know, the Eagles are always looking at those players. Um, but uh, I don't know. It's going to be interesting, as it always is, as we head towards the draft. Well, thank you all again for your patience. Uh, my little bit of a lull in between shows. Thank you for tuning in to Philadelphia Eagles Talk with Jeff. Lots more to talk about as we head towards the draft. We're going to have some special guests on this program. Make sure you stick around for that. In order to do so, make sure you follow, subscribe, rate the show. Let us know you're out there. And uh, we don't want you to miss any more future episodes of Philadelphia Eagles Talk with Jeff. Thank you again for your patience. Welcome back. Take it easy. Fly, Eagles, fly! Fly!